Greeny with Mike Greenberg, the podcast. Yes, it is rolling along. Delighted to see Willie Mays' name trending right now after we did our green list celebrating his 90th birthday. Greeny presented by Progressive Insurance. McShay in a half hour on the Goodyear hotline. Willie Mays, arguably the greatest baseball player that ever lived uh, today, 90 years old. We mentioned it in our green list of things. If one thing hadn't happened, Mm -hmm. people would remember him so much differently and more than they do now, which is to say... And again, it is for the, the most important of reasons. But he missed most of two seasons in his absolute prime serving our country in the military, most of 52 and all of 53. Had he not, and had he done anything close to his averages, he would have broken Babe Ruth's home run record. Now, maybe Aaron would have then broken Willie Mays' home run record, but Mays would have broken Ruth's record before Aaron broke Ruth's record. He would have done it. Well, sometime before yeah, that. Yeah, well, Mays retired before Aaron broke the record. Right. So, and it was, I think, um, over the course of their careers, most people thought it would be Mays who would do it. He had the bigger power. He was a more famous player. He was a more popular player. It was Hank Aaron's longevity that wound up breaking that record. But like you said, he would have gotten past Babe Ruth almost certainly. Aaron broke the record in 74. Was Mays' last year 72? 73. 73. Uh, that, that's when I remember him again. As I'm a little kid. I remember him as a Met, mm-hmm. and I remember most people feeling sad. But you asked me an interesting question as I was walking out of the studio during the break for a moment. Go ahead and ask it again. I want to ask you who the best baseball player is that you ever saw with your own two eyes. Because I maintain that Willie Mays is the best baseball player of all time, but of course I never saw him. Who was the best baseball player that you ever watched or remember watching? See, this is a really complicated question because what baseball, it's almost like asking who's the best football player you ever saw because it's such a specialized right. sport. So there were a couple of thoughts. Are you including Barry Bonds? Because Barry Bonds went through a period offensively mm-hmm. where there's, there's never been anything like it before or since. But I think we all raise a very skeptical eyebrow at it. <laughs> and while I would put him in the Hall of Fame, I don't feel good about saying he's the best player I ever saw. And even by then, he wasn't nearly the all-around player that he was before. Alex uh, Rodriguez, I mean, is, is a gold-glove shortstop who hit 700 home runs. <laughs> How am I supposed to quantify that? Now, again, you have some of the same kind of questions. Right. But if you're going to include that, then I... He was a great defensive shortstop who had 696 home runs. How does A-Rod compare to Ken Griffey Jr. for you? Again, so now you're comparing an outfielder to an infielder, right. so that's very difficult to do. Griffey Jr. is probably my answer to your question. Wow. He probably is the best player I saw that you don't have any of those kinds of questions with when you combine the offense and the defense. Now, in my childhood and when you were a kid, you sort of view things a little bit differently. Like, how are we quantifying how great a player, I'm just going to throw a name out mm-hmm. there, how are we quantifying how great Johnny Bench was? I mean, he was a catcher. I perceived him in my childhood to be the best player in the sport. Mm-hmm. Now, I saw Mike Schmidt with my own eyes for right. my entire childhood. He's, uh, is he the best third baseman that ever lived? Unquestionably. Right? So, I mean, you got him. He had 500 home runs. Um so I would put those two guys are, are names that jump immediately to mind. And how for you, do any of those guys compare to Mike Trout, who in my opinion, Mike Trout is going to be remembered as the best baseball player to debut since Hank Aaron did. Like right. the best baseball player to debut over the last 60 years. And like Willie Mays, he does, all, he does it in all facets I think of Trout the is better. I, I think the question is at what point do you then, do you, are you comfortable saying, okay, it's him? Like how many years has he been in the bigs now? Nine? Yeah, he's not yet 30. Right. So... <laughs> When he becomes the age where you can say that about him, he's the answer. Okay. 
You know, I, I've seen guys who very short periods of time, like I covered Frank Thomas. He's not in this conversation because he was an absolutely terrible defensive player. He wanted to play first base. They wanted to make him a DH. He fought against that, and he was such a good hitter, he won that fight. <laughs> they, made, they let him play first base even though he was not good at it. But for a couple of years there, Frank Thomas was the best right-handed hitter since Dimaggio. He's unbelievable. Um, it just didn't last as long. Right. He's, not, he's not part of this discussion. Don't get me wrong. I think my answer would be Griffey Jr. would be the best player I've seen, the best pitcher mm-hmm. that I've seen. I think I would – I guess I would say Pedro Martinez. I mean, I mean, when he was right, he was ridiculously good. It's hard to dispute that, especially considering when he did it. In, in the American League East, in the heart of the steroid era – Carving hitters up, it was impossible to believe. Like I think Jacob Degrom's stuff right now is better than Pedro's then, but you have to consider the run scoring environment. And then baseball was very different than it is now. All right, we sidetracked ourselves, but I think it's an interesting topic. Again, most importantly, happy birthday, Willie Mays. Next, I'm sorry. What? What? what, what? I'm sorry. What? What? I'm sorry. What? I'm sorry. What? I've told you many times. I am the Shefty whisperer. When you hear Shefty talk and he reports things, you know Adam Schefter knows. For everything that he can report, Adam Schefter is as credible a reporter as I've ever known in my life. I'm in the business 30 years. He is as credible as anyone. He knows 10 things for everyone he can report, which is why you have to listen to the nuance and the things he says to try and pick up little, little, little nuggets. So that's why I call myself the Shefty Whisperer. But then every once in a while, he just comes out and says it. And you know when he usually does that is on his podcast. You need to listen to Shefty's podcast because that's the one time that he kind of just tells you what he thinks. And so I thought this was very much worth hearing. This is Shefty on his podcast this week talking about Aaron Rodgers. At some point in time, Aaron Rodgers is going to have to be willing to get some mud on him. And I think the mud will wash off in the shower over time. But this is not going to be a pretty process to go through if Aaron Rodgers ultimately is going to get what he wants. Either he's going to have to be forceful, demand a trade tell them he's not coming in, be open to the idea of telling them he'll retire. But he can't get what he wants, I don't think, by acting passive-aggressive here. The relationship has deteriorated. He wants out. And now we'll see how he decides to play it. To me, it's amazing that it's gone on as long as it has. Let me tell you something. Aaron Rodgers had nothing to do with this story coming out. He was none too pleased about the story coming out. The Green Bay Packers didn't want it coming out. So that was Shefty on his podcast. Rodgers is going to have to be willing to get a little mud on him. I also saw a report yesterday from Mike Garofalo that I believe and that, that he reported that Rodgers was telling teammates last year that he was gone. And so here's what I think happened. I think Rodgers' dream was to win the Super Bowl and walk away. Why? Because I think he's just that vindictive of a guy. <laughs> I think he's got it in for, for the leadership there, particularly the general manager. I think that that guy wronged him. I have no issue with Aaron feeling that way. You're going to trade up in the first round and draft a quarterback and not give me any heads up. You're going to make me hear it from, uh, well, what was it last year? Trey Wingo and, and the entire crew on, on ESPN doing the draft or wherever it is he's seeing it. You're not, you're not even going to treat me with that much respect. You are now dead to me. I think that's how Rodgers treats people. I think Rodgers sees the world as, as being divided into two categories of people. People he'll deal with and people who are dead to him. <laughs> and I think that as of that moment, the Packers were dead to him. And I think his dream scenario, because he knew he couldn't get out immediately, 
And he knew it also wouldn't look right. Oh, you drafted a guy, now I want out. That, that, would, be, that would be beneath a person of his standing. The dream scenario is win the Super Bowl and walk away. And I think he had that in his head all of last year. And I think one of the things that he is most disappointed about, again, I'm not reporting this. I'm now just telling you what I think. One of the things he's most disappointed about is that he didn't get to do that because he's not coming back. Make no mistake. He's not going back. Aaron Rodgers is not playing for the Packers again. The, the more people I talk to, I think there is, I mean, what's his name? Rob Domofsky put it on a 5% chance. I'm putting it less. I'm putting it at almost a no percent chance. I don't know what would have to happen for him to come back. I think they would have to get rid of the general manager, which they're clearly not going to do. I think any number of other things would have to happen. He's not coming back to play for them. So he's either going to have to do what Shefty is saying, which is get some mud on himself, and, 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 and that'll wash off immediately. Immediately. I think most of the world sides with him, don't you? Much more than I would have thought, because usually people like to side with ownership. But, I mean, I think everybody sided with Brady in the Brady wants out of New England thing. Again, he was a free agent, right. a different situation, but still, they sided with Brady, and I think people, I think people side with Rodgers. And certainly to his point, to whatever degree there is mud on him if he forces his way out, it will wash off fast. That mud doesn't stick. He also doesn't seem like the kind of guy that cares. I think he does care more than he lets on. But whether he does or he doesn't, I think it washes off quickly. So I don't think he's going back. I think his dream scenario was win the Super Bowl and then do this, which would have been the ultimate act of revenge. There's another quarterback that we aren't talking enough about, but we should be, that Shefty brought up on the podcast. You will hear that. Plus, I will tell you how one of baseball's oldest records is on the verge of falling. Next, you're listening to Greeny. This is ESPN Radio. Shopping for Mother's Day is usually a challenge because you wait until the last minute, but Macy's Gift Finder makes it incredibly fast and easy to find the right gift just in time for Mother's Day. Whether you're shopping for your sister's first Mother's Day or your fashionista mom who loves to make a statement, Macy's Gift Finder has so many great gift ideas that you can easily pick out something special to celebrate them both. You can shop by price, anywhere from 25 bucks and under to 100 bucks and under. You can also sort by category like fragrance, handbags, and more, or gift lists like for the mom who has everything, pre-wrapped gifts or gifts for grandma. Find top brands like Studio Pro Model Beats headphones, Polaroid cameras, and Samsung smart TVs. So what are you waiting for? Mother's Day is May 12th. It'll be here before you know it. Macy's has the perfect gift guide to make picking something for mom easy this year. Head to Macy's.com slash gift finder today. That's Macy's.com slash gift finder. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Greeny, the podcast. All right, Greeny with you. Presented by Progressive Insurance. Join host Nate Burleson and guests Justin Fields, Najee Harris, Jamar Chase. And the new Progressive YouTube series up all night. Watch every episode exclusively on YouTube.com slash 
progressive. Fields, Harris, and Chase were just drafted. Todd McShay will join us a little bit later talking draft and football and a whole lot more. He will be with us. But I promised you a little more from Shefty. So you heard Shefty a few minutes ago from his podcast saying Aaron Rodgers is going to have to be willing to get a little dirty. And I agree with that. And I think that Aaron, no one wants to be dirty. But I think that he will live with it. I think that he will get his way out. I think he has undoubtedly played his last game as a Green Bay Packer. Shefty went on to talk about another quarterback to remind us we should not stop thinking about Russell Wilson. I don't know if they patch things up so much as the fact that right now it's hit an impasse at this point in time. But Pete Carroll, he was asked whether Wilson was given more personnel input as he requested. Carroll said no. And then he said, Russ is in a great place right now. He's been in a great place throughout the offseason. We have communicated throughout all the things, just like I always have. This is not any different than it's always been. And then in The Athletic, which posted some of these quotes, it said, this story will be updated. I shared this with somebody and they said that the most true statement in that particular exchange was that quote unquote this story will be updated so in other words we haven't heard the last of that situation it's quiet now it's settled now Russell Wilson's going to play for the Seahawks this season but as the Athletics said this story will be updated and by that I think Shefty means next offseason this will be Russell's last year with Seattle I think that is the league-wide expectation I think if the Bears had not been able to get up and get Justin Fields that conversation with Chicago would be ongoing right now. I think the Bears would be talking to the Seahawks about trying to figure out a trade right this minute. So let me ask you this question. Let me, let me, come, let me come to hashtag Bubba. Hashtag Bubba, who many may not know, but worked many years in, in various NFL front offices in Dallas and other places and uh, has been a finalist on numerous occasions uh, for the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Let me ask you, Bubba. Aaron Rodgers for Russell Wilson straight up. Who says no? Why does it always take you so long to respond? Can I ask you, before you even answer that, I, I give you plenty of warning. I run through your credentials. Why is it that when I ask you the question, you at that moment lean forward, turn the microphone on, and start responding? This dead air is so unnecessary. I mean, it's a tough question, you know? I mean, you gotta, I got to think it through. I'm try, uh, you know. Who says no? The... I'll tell you right now. I'm going to tell you right now who says no. You want me to tell you the answer? Yes. Both quarterbacks say no. (laughs) Russell Wilson says no, and Aaron Rodgers says no. Both teams would do it. If the Packers could come out of this thing with Russell Wilson, it would be the best thing that ever happened to them. If the Seahawks could get Aaron Rodgers, they're not crazy. They would do it. Neither one of them wants it. I don't think the Packers give Russell Wilson what he wants. Russell Wilson wants... A lot of things that come with being in places that are not Green Bay, Wisconsin. And, and, and I don't mean that to denigrate Green Bay, Wisconsin, which is one of the best places to go watch a professional football game that I've ever been. And obviously the Packers have as much history and tradition as any team in the sport or in any sport, practically. But that's not where he wants to go. And I don't think Aaron Rodgers wants to go play for Pete Carroll. Aaron Rodgers doesn't want to go to a place where the coach is thinking, let's beat him with the running game and defense. That's what has Russell upset in the first place. So I don't think either one of the quarterbacks, Bubba, wants to do it. I think they say no. I think both teams would do that in the blink of an eye. So I don't see them traded for each other. I don't think either one wants to be on the other's team or other's city. I think Aaron has played his last game as a Packer. I think Russell is entering his final season as a Seahawk. That, to me, is the scoop. The scoop. The next scoop I have for you is that one of baseball's oldest records is going to fall this season. And by that, I mean a record that was set in 1884. That was the year that eight no-hitters were thrown 
Hembo and I, and if you've been listening, have been going on about this. I give Hembo all the credit because you were the one who gave me the heads up to it before the season began. I believe we will see more than eight. I think we should already be halfway there. I know they don't count the seven-inning no-hitter as a no-hitter, and it won't contribute towards the breaking of the record. But I still think it is worth noting that Madison Bumgarner threw a seven-inning no-hitter and had no opportunity to throw eight or nine because there was no eight or nine. That's what the rule book says. It counts as a notable achievement. It's a notable achievement. Many things count as a notable achievement. What happened on the ice yesterday between the Rangers and Capitals, having 100 penalty minutes in the first period, (laughs) that's a notable achievement. That was a no-hitter, but whatever. The point is I believe we will see nine no-hitters this season at least. We're already a third of our way to that, and we're barely out of the first, not even out of the first week of May. Having said that, Bubba, turn the mic back on. Turn it on now so that we're ready for this. (laughs) We're going to play a new game called Can You Say This Name Without Laughing? All right. As Hembo was going through some of the names, old baseball Mm. names, we were going through them this morning, and we could not get through them without laughing. So he's just going to say a name, and you tell you decide if you could get through this name without laughing. Now, we already mentioned that one of the pitchers who threw a no-hitter in 1984 was named Dick Burns. Dick Burns. Dick Burns. And without any further extrapolation, that's just a funny name. It is hard to say without laughing. It may not have been in 1884. I really don't know. It doesn't make any difference one way or the other. That's a name. Hembo, just say another name, and let's see if Bubba thinks it's funny. Cannonball Titcomb. <laughs> okay. What? Cannonball Titcomb, a pitcher in the 1880s and 1890s. Legendary figure. That's pretty good. Can you spell the last name? T-I-T-C-O-M-B. That's Titcomb. I mean, there's no argument. I was trying to think if there's an alternative pronunciation. Now, that's just Titcomb. I mean, if your name is spelled T-I-T-C-O-M-B, you're Titcomb. Where did he get the cannonball from? Do we know? Like, I assume his given name was not Cannonball. <laughs> it was... And maybe his first name was like Frank. Hi, I'm Frank Titcomb. <laughs> Can I give you another? <laughs> I'm still enjoying that one. <laughs> Bubba, what do you think of the name Cannonball Titcomb? That's pretty, so far so good. It's one a for funny one. Name. One right, for go ahead. One. Urban Shocker. <laughs> we like Urban Shocker. That's not nearly a see. When you lead with with Cannonball Titcomb, yeah, I agree. Okay. You, you got you, you know that's a dangerous one to lead with. I can't imagine anything is going to be funnier than okay, that. Okay, fine. Uh, I think I have. Right I think now. I have one that might top it. Okay. Johnny Dickshot. <laughs> the full, his full given name is John Oscar Dickshot. I'm just imagining him on his honeymoon, Greenie, waiting for his reservation. The hostess says over the last. No, don't speaker. do it. Don't yell that. I know what you're doing. Don't do it. We have to be very careful. We're treading very lightly. Don't say what the maitre d' would be yelling his name out at the restaurant. Where did he grow up? I don't know where he grew okay, up. Okay, let's just say he's from like I don't know Albany. He's of the Albany Dickshots. <laughs> and it doesn't make any difference. That, that's just a very funny <laughs> name. So let me ask you, Bubba, in your learned opinion, as, as a notable understander of things that are funny, uh, you once wrote a book called Funny by Bubba. Right. Which is the funniest name, in your opinion? Is it Dick Burns? Is it Cannonball Titcomb? Or is it Johnny... T- is it Johnny Dickshot? Johnny Dickshot. Uh, I... I- <laughs> Uh, I think I might go Johnny Dickshot. <laughs> See, this is just a man's name. Like, like we're we not doing anything Dickshot. wrong. We're just, this is a person's name. Dickshot party of two? <laughs> don't do it. Don't do it. Just stop. Just stop. I know where you're going. Dickshot party of two. No, just don't do it. We're just, we're done now. It's enough with Johnny Dickshot. We're moving on. <laughs> Todd McShay joins us next. 
After this word from ZipRecruiter, if you are a business owner who is hiring, it can feel like trying to find a needle in a haystack. But when you post a job on ZipRecruiter, their matching technology finds these qualified candidates for you and invites them to apply. In fact, four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. So while other companies give you too many options, ZipRecruiter finds you the needle in the haystack. And right now, you can try ZipRecruiter for free at this web address, ZipRecruiter.com slash Greeny. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash G-R-E-E-N-Y. Todd McShay, next on ESPN Radio. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Greeny, the podcast. All right, this is Greeny. I'm coming to you live, as always, from the Seaport District at Pier 17, brought to you by Chase, presented by Progressive Insurance. Todd McShay will join me in 30 seconds on the Goodyear Hotline as we take one last look back at the draft and go through a bunch of other notes uh, with, uh, with our man, who actually has next year's McBoard already ready. He previewed it today on Get Up. But I'll spend these 30 seconds reminding you If you are a last-minute Mother's Day shopper, 1-800-Flowers.com has got you covered with amazing deals on Mother's Day gifts from bouquets and plants to gourmet treats and sweet surprises. Order today. Only good while supplies last. Remember, Mother's Day is Sunday. Take care of all your gifting needs with 1-800-Flowers.com. Here's how you do it. To order last-minute Mother's Day bouquets, arrangements, and gifts, go to 1-800-Flowers.com. Click the radio icon. Enter the code GREENY. That's 1-800-Flowers.com. And enter GREENY. With the 11th pick, my Chicago Bears select Justin Fields. The last month and a half, you know, it's been a lightning rod conversation here. It's fueled his fire. They're going to get the best out of Justin Fields. All right, now if you bring Todd McShay into the conversation here, Todd, I mean, I, I, I think I've said this to you before, but I can't thank you enough for all of the help that you were to me as I was getting set to host the draft this year. I leaned on you guys, you and Mel and Matt, for all of your assistance. And, and that really, to me, was the seminal moment of round one we waited all this time to see would one of the teams that were not picking nearly high enough in this draft to make a move at quarterback would someone come up and get one the Bears did they got Justin Fields so let me start it there I I know we're a few days away but for those who've not heard your perspective what did you think of that move by the Bears and where do you think it goes well first of all I I love the fact that you were on the draft and and yes, I mean you were peppering me to the point where I had to send you a draft book <laughs> just to, to stop the text. Mm-hmm. But uh, but just so you know, and just so your your listeners know, 
and it was unsolicited, but we sat down on the set on Saturday. It was Kuiper and myself and Lewis and, and Reese Davis. And Kuiper turned to me and said, you know what? Green, Greeny was awesome. You know, he, he just re- he really appreciated the way you handled the draft, how prepared you were. And, I, you know, it speaks to, to all the work that you put in leading up to it. That's very nice. Well, that that, that is yeah. very nice of him to say and for you to say. Anyway, let, let's get to the business yeah, yeah. here. I do appreciate it. How about Fields? Yeah. I I love the pick. I love it. I mean, we, we how many times have we talked leading up to the draft about how, the, you know, the Bears are kind of in that middle spot. They, you know, they're on the outside looking in. You got Washington at 19. You got the Patriots at 15 sitting ahead of them. Denver at nine. And, and we think all these quarterbacks are going to come off the board in the top 10. And all of a sudden they see Denver passes on a quarterback. And that was kind of the – the, the pinnacle moment, if you will, the once they passed on a quarterback at nine, I think Chicago then realized, Hey, we, we can make a move and let's go get a guy and not just a guy, but a, a guy, listen, I, I thought he was the fourth best quarterback, but I didn't think there was much distance between he and Trey Lance. Um, and Mel thought he was the second best quarterback and they, they got him at 11 by moving up. And all of a sudden this organization that was, I mean, you know better than anyone. Mm-hmm. Everyone was miserable about it. And everyone was talking about, you know, they're they're going to fire their GM. They're, they're going to lose 10, 12 games this year. Now, all of a sudden, there's hope and there's excitement. And I think, to be honest, I, listen, I like Andy Dalton, but I would put Fields in there as soon as he's ready to go. I mean, the second you think he, he understands and, and is ready to handle the offense – I would put him in there and let him go play because the mobility he brings brings just a different element to the offense that they've had in a long time. And I've talked to I've talked to a couple people in their personnel department. They're excited about finally having a big time playmaker at that position. Yeah, McShay, you make the point. McShay with me here on ESPN Radio that Denver had two cracks at a quarterback in this. I thought they might trade up to four. They felt like the logical team to trade up to four to take one. They didn't. Then two of them fall to their spot at nine, and they don't. Now, all of a sudden, with all this talk about Aaron Rodgers, it feels like it makes a little more sense to me than it did last Thursday night. Let's see if that's how it winds up playing out. Then what did you think of Matt Jones, Todd, falling to 15? I I think it's a perfect situation. I really do. I think New England, you know, it's not – really Bill Belichick's nature to try to move up and go get a, go get any player. He's never drafted a quarterback in, you know, in his years at, in the first round in new England. But I, I did think they might make a move up just, just to make sure they got the guy that the Washington or even like the Steelers or someone else wasn't going to go and move up and get him. And Belichick just stood there with his poker face, waited and Mac fell to them. And he's a, he's a great fit for what they want to do. Now, I still think Cam Newton's going to be the guy this year. Even though Mac, everyone's saying, and, and I tend to agree, that, that Mac Jones is the most NFL-ready in terms of his football intelligence and all that of all these quarterbacks. But I think Cam Newton is going to get a shot to be the starter and see where they go. And if it's not going where they want it to go after, after spending more money in free agency than any other team has ever spent, um, I think they'll they'll make the move then, but I think Cam Newton will be the starter, and then Mac is obviously the future in New England. I think he had a, a somewhat quietly excellent draft, and you tell me. I 
Christian Barmore, who he gets in the second round, I thought was a first-round pick. Ronnie Perkins, who he gets in the third round, I thought was a second-round pick. I thought Belichick did very well. He did. And you think about, you know, you bring in the two tight ends, right? John Smith and, and Hunter Henry. And you bring, you, you bring in a, a wide receiver in, in Aguilar. You bring in some of the, the edge guys that they brought in, in in free agency. And now you add that to the, the draft that they had. The, the good part is if you're a New England fan, you've got your future in Mac Jones, but you've got your now in Christian Barmore. He, he, I mean, Christian Barmore, he, he's got some he, – he's an interesting dude. <laughs> and there's a reason he fell to 38 because he's probably one of the top 25 most talented players in this draft. But if any organization is going to keep him in check, it's going to be New England. And he, he can get up the field. You watch the college football – playoff semifinal and and the national championship game he was probably the most dominant defensive player on the field yes he was actually the defensive mvp of the national championship game when they beat ohio state greeny and mcshay with me on the goodyear hotline helping you discover the road ahead goodyear more driven and then to my delight and you said so on tv today I thought the New York Jets had an absolutely outstanding draft. I mean, it'll all be determined by how Zach Wilson works out. But if you're going to take the quarterback, then trade up and get the offensive lineman, which I love. They still get the receiver, who I think is terrific, on round two, which is Elijah Moore. And they wind up getting the um, the running back that they need in round four, Michael Carter, who I thought Michael in my Carter, prep yeah. would be gone by then. So I thought the Jets had an outstanding draft. Yeah, I mean, I talked to Joe Douglas on Saturday before the the draft, and I mean, he obviously was. They fell in love with Zach Wilson. Not, not it wasn't the pro day throw or any of those things. And they obviously loved his physical ability, but he said that that Zach Wilson had the best recall, and he's been doing this for about twenty years now, of any quarterback that he's ever interviewed. Just in terms of all right, and they they he even said they tried to trip him up like. Uh, all right, here's the um, the Louisiana Tech game and third down in the second quarter. What what did you see? What what was going on? And then they would flip to um, Coastal Carolina, I think it was. He said that, and, and you know, fourth quarter, third and nine, whatever the play was, and he knew everything. And they were so impressed with how smart he is, and they think that that's that's going to be his really his strength in addition obviously to his ability to extend plays and his accuracy and all that but they're in they were in love with him and then I was so mad at Kuiper by the way Greeny because mm-hmm. I knew that that Joe wanted to trade up to go get Elijah Vera Tucker but I couldn't do that in my mock draft you know to protect your your friends and your sources and then Kuiper had that so anyway but I that's exactly what they wanted to do. They wanted to get Zach Wilson, and they wanted to get the best interior offensive lineman. And then they got fortunate. Let's face it, Elijah Moore from Ole Miss. I mean, I know he's 5'9 and a half, 178 pounds, but he's a 4'3", 5'40 guy. He's tough. He'll do the dirty work in the middle of the field, and, and he, he really has the ability to separate. I think he's going to be a weapon that the Jets have not had in a long time. I just, I absolutely love this draft. I think that I, I would say the Jets had probably had the best draft of any team in the league. Couldn't be me. Couldn't be more music to my ears. And again, an unsolicited compliment for me. That first draft podcast that you guys did, you and, and Mel and Field, was 
unimaginably beneficial to me. I waited. I basically counted the days until Tuesday afternoons when that thing would drop and I would listen to it. And that was exactly how a huge part of how I got ready. So anyway, the Mutual Admiration Society is very much mutual. McShay, thank you. Uh, you can see the McBoard for next year up on ESPN.com right now. We will talk soon. Uh, soon. Thank you, Todd. Take care, bud. All right. Got one more piece of business for today. Life is a series of choices. Who you got? Make a decision. All right, I'll say it. Who you got? And who you got brings us back to hashtag Bubba, who is our disheveled board operator and one of the great question askers in the world. I mean, there's a skill to that, obviously, and and he is very good at that, having uh, for many years been, um, you know, a detective, uh, you know, in that regard, and and so was asking a lot of questions, you know, on behalf of uh, the CIA, the FBI, and multiple other world agencies. So anyway, uh, go ahead, Bubba. You got who you got here with a bunch of questions for me. Where does it begin? What's up, dog? Who you got? <laughs> Brought to you by Granger. We're going to start of course, with Aaron Rodgers, because the word from Adam Schefter came out last week that Aaron Rodgers was unhappy with Green Bay. Now today, it's May 6th, so we're making our first week of May prediction. Who you got for the team for A.A. Ron this season? I am predicting right now that week one of the 2021 NFL season, Aaron Rodgers will be the starting quarterback for the Denver Broncos. I know that's not going out on a huge limb, but I think it is definitively true. I've spoken to a bunch of people over the last day or two who have given me, have made my belief of that even stronger. I was still kind of dancing around with John Gruden yesterday. That ended with one conversation I had yesterday afternoon. Aaron Rodgers is going to Denver. What's the next question? All right, now you tried to ask me this earlier, get a little cute, but since I'm the one who asked the questions, let's get the real answer because forgetting contracts and no trades, anything like that, if it was Aaron Rodgers for Russell Wilson straight up, who says no? Anyone? Who you got? Yes, I think, as I said before, both quarterbacks say no, and they have the ability to say no. Like Aaron Rodgers and Russell Wilson, if they don't want to go someplace, they're not going. There are a million ways to have a no-trade clause without having a no-trade clause, which is to say, if Aaron Rodgers just says, if you trade me to Seattle, I'm not showing up, the Seahawks don't do the deal. And the same thing with Russell Wilson on the other end. So I think it is a real answer to the question. I think the Seahawks would do it, and I think the Packers would do it. But I don't think either player will do it, and that's why it won't get done. It's who you got with Bubba. What's next? And Aaron Rodgers reportedly mocked the Packers GM by calling him Jerry Krause, Mm -hmm. which isn't really quite the insult he thinks it is, but our friend Nuno posed the question, if Rodgers wants to compare himself to the Bulls, is he more Michael Jordan or Scottie Pippen? Who you got? No, that's... See, I saw that in Nuno's note, and I don't really know what he means. Aaron Rodgers is certainly not Scottie Pippen. He's never been the second best player on his own team. If you mean he is Pippen to Tom Brady's Jordan in his generation, that to me is not really the way it works. I think if you're looking for a comparison to Aaron Rodgers, who's a super talented NBA player who won one championship, like that we look at and he won one title we thought should have won more, Clyde Drexler. Oscar Robertson. Oscar Robertson, Jerry West. Those guys all won one championship. Nuno, you good with that? No, he is Pippen to Jordan when Pippen, when Jordan retired and he got the Bulls to the was it the Eastern Conference semifinals yeah. when they lost to the Knicks. Yes, that's what Rogers is. That guy, he's not like he should have more than one championship, and he doesn't. 
Oh. And I, I don't disagree with that, but I don't blame him for it as much as you do. Like, you're entitled to your opinion, no matter how misguided it may be. But that is organizational incompetence on their part. They've had 30 consecutive seasons of first ballot Hall of Fame quarterback play and have won two Super Bowls combined and only been to one more. Favre, one, one Super Bowl ring. Aaron Rodgers, one Super Bowl ring. You know when that happens? That happens when you have one eye on your future at the same time that you have another eye on your present. You need to try and win these things. Every one of these things is, 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 is invaluable. And they don't treat it that way in Green Bay. And that's why they're always really good and they don't get over the top. Rodgers, to me, is that good. I don't blame him for that at all. Uh, we got who you got with Bubba. What's next? All right, to the NBA, and we're less than two weeks till the end of the NBA regular season. 76ers lead the Nets by two games. Who you got as the number one seed in the East? Uh, my answer to that is it doesn't make any difference. The Nets are going to win the East, and, and I still can't believe I'm saying it. We came across this this morning on TV. It's not ingenious, but it's an interesting way of framing it. Do you realize that James Harden this season – played more games with the Rockets than he has with KD and Kyrie. He played eight games with the Rockets. He has played seven games with KD and Kyrie. It's a ridiculous note. But I asked Jay Will about it on TV today, and Jay Will said, doesn't matter. This doesn't make any difference. At the end of the day, if those three guys are all out there, they are so unstoppable offensively that it doesn't matter if they're wearing name tags, and it doesn't matter if they don't know who to guard, and it doesn't matter if they can't play defense. So I am a firm believer that the answer to your question is, even if the Sixers are the number one seed, the Nets are the clear-cut team to beat in the Eastern Conference. Bubba, what's next? All right, 132 years ago today, the Eiffel Tower opened in Paris. Who you got as your favorite historical landmark? Oh, I love that question. Favorite historical landmark? Well, let, let's, let's, let's go through this a little, Bubba. Let, let's start in the United States. The Statue of Liberty, I, I think, is, is a spectacular That's up there, yeah. historical landmark. I would put that right up there near the top. Is there another in the U.S.? Like, do we consider famous buildings like stuff like the Sears Tower and, and the like Empire the State? Liberty Bell is a landmark. The Liber- oh, the Liberty Bell is a good one. I've been to the Liberty Bell. I saw that. Took my kids to see that. Yeah, Philadelphia actually has some great, um, some great historical landmarks. Then you go international. I really Stonehenge. Enjoyed- I think is a Stonehenge. I've never been to. I've never been. I know. I know what Stonehenge is. I like. Well, I, you know what I've never been to? Here's what I'll say. I would like to see, I'm going to answer your question this way because it's the one I've never been to that I'd like to see. I would like to see the pyramids. Mm. I I would like to see the pyramids in ancient Egypt. I've never been there. I would love to see that. What would you say, Bubba? I built them. Well, Bubba actually, many may not know this, but Bubba is a renowned architect, uh, has been involved in in the the completion of uh, many projects and did actually lay out some of the some of the plans, the blueprint, if you will. Machu Picchu, too, right, Bubba? For the pyramids. No, that was Steve. That was Okay, <laughs> fair enough. Do you have one more real quick? I do. 43 years ago tomorrow, Bob Dylan sold 90,000 tickets in about eight hours, which back then is pretty significant with no internet, for his upcoming six-night tour in London. So if people are alive in your lifetime, who you got as your one concert regret? So, you know, not like the Beatles, because you weren't alive for them. Right. So, who would you wish you could have seen that you didn't? I mean, unquestionably, Bob Marley. Uh, 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 to see a Bob Marley concert would have been, I can't even put into words how great I think that must have been. 
Bob, Bob Marley is, to me, the easy answer to that question. I would put John Lennon right there as well. I know the Beatles had broken up, but John Lennon lived well into my lifetime. I've seen Paul McCartney. I would love to have seen John Lennon. But the answer to your question is Bob Marley. Bob, the sponsor. Who you got? Brought to you by Granger with supplies and solutions for every industry. Granger is always there to help. Call, clickgranger.com, or just stop by. All right. Outstanding work today. Thank you, everybody, for the phone calls and being part of it. I'm taking a day off tomorrow to decompress a little bit after the draft. I will see you back in Better Than Ever Monday, right here on ESPN Radio. Thanks for listening to Greeny, the podcast. You can check out Greeny live weekdays at noon Eastern on ESPN Radio and on ESPN+. Also, don't miss Greeny on Get Up, weekday mornings at 8 Eastern on ESPN. This is Greeny, the podcast.